right. How, yo, how does how does uh, how do I sound on my side? Hello. Hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, man. What's up? What's up? That's you sound great. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can okay. hear. You. Dope, bro. All right, all right, all right, all right. Cool. So, how how you been, man? Yeah, I've been alright, you know, just working <laughs> and yeah, taking things one day at a time. How about you? Yeah, I've been alright, I've been okay, man. So, pretty much the same thing, you know, working, doing side things, etc. Yeah, of course. No, and also right. school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's always that. <laughs> oh, man, it sucks. <laughs> It's always it's always there, but like sometimes you just want to forget about it. But it's always there. Like, hey, I'm here. That's true. That's true. Okay, man. Um. So, so I'm just gonna do the intro, and then then we're gonna dive right in. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dabblers. I am your host, Quentin, and today I have a very special guest. And a man named Brooklyn will get into the origin of his name. Well, we'll get into the we'll get into the genesis of his name that he uses in some of his sets a little later on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> welcome, man. It's glad to have you on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So, so just to dive right in, we're gonna go everywhere. Sometimes it's gonna be at the start. Sometimes it's gonna be in the middle. Sometimes it's gonna be at the end. I'm just gonna throw throw the questions out randomly. Oh okay. So let's get into your like, introduction to comedy. Wait, that coming out. Oh damn! So basically, what happened was, um, like I always liked comedy. Yeah, big Trevor Noah fan. Love Trevor Noah. I still watch him to this day. And uh, my family liked him as well. And I used to. Uh, <laughs> retell his jokes to them you know, the same way he did it and you know just form do a Trevor Noah impression you know like and they liked it and and like in 2018 uh, my cousin had a wedding and they needed an MC so he couldn't book one and then they just you know said hey come on and then you do some five minutes of material for us <laughs> I didn't know what material was I didn't know how to tell a joke. And they were like, no, just come and do your Trevor Noah for us. <laughs> and I did some Trevor Noah stuff, improvised. Okay, most of the improvised stuff sucked. But yeah, and then after that, I did the MC stuff. And But it was only until last year, 2020, when I started going out on the circuit and performing. Hey, you, you mentioned something interesting there, man. Uh, like you... You mentioned that when when you did the the wedding, when when you, you didn't know what, what about material, you didn't know what material was, and yeah, you know, I didn't. You've, you've grown from that point. So so, how did you, how how did it feel like the first time you you, you wrote, like a like a set or material, then then you're about to perform it. Obviously, you didn't know what reaction you're gonna get. You wrote a bunch of stuff that that you that you assume would be funny, you know. Oh, it was interesting. I didn't even write. I didn't start writing the jokes before I went on the circuit. What happened was it was, 
a year before that, so in 2019, uh, I was studying at UP and I did meds. Don't ask me why. And <laughs> I failed my butt off. <laughs> and so, and I, you know, I, there were a lot of things happening. And so uh, I, I used to write a lot of poems, but then it was just a hobby. So this time I, I felt like writing something that could cheer me up. So I wrote a bunch of those events that happened. <laughs> some of them were funny, some of them were just more depressing. And, and I started writing more and more and more. And only like a year later, which was last year in October, no, in June actually, I did an online gig. So it was on Monday Night Comedy Online. It was an online version due to COVID. So we were on lockdown and there were no live shows. So I just hopped on there and did one of my first uh, what they call it material so that's only what i knew when i knew what material was so when i was writing i just thought i was writing jokes but then was what it's called it's material so then uh I went on well i didn't really know how i did because there's no audience so it's just a video and you're telling jokes to them and then they broadcast it and then, but like, it was just dope. So after that, I just started doing more research, finding out uh, how this thing works. And I was scared to ask people. So I just did my own research, like finding out, you know, by myself and just watching a lot. Of watching Trevor Noah and going to other guys like Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, just to study the craft. So I never went out because I couldn't afford it. To go and watch comedy, so there was a way to do it to watch like these full shows or to watch them on YouTube. And then when I went out my first time, material was okay, <laughs> but it wasn't as good like the performance wise. Like it was, it wasn't like I am now. <laughs> yeah, but it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was fun. But like I felt embarrassed and like I was supposed to do five minutes, I did six minutes. And I was supposed to leave at like four minutes because that's when I got my biggest laugh. After that, it was just silence. <laughs> Holy damn. Yeah, it was part of the journey, man. But like, I mean, I think it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, you, you, you started it, you started it and then, you know, and then, then you, you continued with it. You, you went as far as standing in front of a bunch of strangers to tell, to tell jokes, man. I don't think there's a yeah. lot of people that could. I could say that. It takes a lot of look at a stranger's <laughs> face and be confident that you're gonna make them laugh. And exactly. it's so it's so it's so critical because like even the chicks who come and watch you, they judge you like seriously. <laughs> yeah, so you, they, they, they literally expect the funny guy. Yeah, exactly. If you're funny, they'll even buy you a drink. But if you suck, oh shit. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, <laughs> hey, so, so like um, you know, we we, we you, you test a little bit of of how you come up with uh, with your material, you know, it based on the, like past events, and and I've 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 seen one of your shows, um, yeah. and that's the night I bombed as well. <laughs> <laughs> you saw me on a page. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it wasn't that bad because I came in with the clean slates. Like, okay, cool, it's a comedian. Okay, he's got some decent jokes. Um, 
you know, obviously it's it's a it's it's a sort of thing for from my side where I was like, okay, cool. I'd like to see this guy like with his own thing, probably with no pressure, and you know, and just doing his thing a little more with, with the bigger crowd. I think that would be interesting. Um, so, so this phrase that says, you know, comedy is pain, you know, and a lot of comedians draw their their sets from either pain or like funny experiences or like exaggerate yeah. certain yeah. certain details uh and and you, you touched on it uh, you touched on it a little bit uh with, with some of with how you wrote some of your past experiences as, as material is is that something that you uh that you always go back to in terms of in terms of coming up with material or do you just take like an event that happened and just stretch the details a little bit yeah actually both because like mm. Okay, if something happens, then obviously, like with a certain event, I would, and then, you know, just exaggerate, make it funnier. But yeah, most of it, it's from from past experiences, from growing up. Uh, initially, it was just past experiences, but now, like I've extended it, and it's broader now, so it's also, it includes where I'm from, how I grew up, uh, yeah, those things. So I would still say it's, it's more of, past events and yeah but a bit of both even current stuff but i don't i don't focus much on political stuff i'm not really a political person yeah but, uh, i would dabble into them a few times <laughs> but uh yeah but, but i like to focus on me for now and just grow into those controversial stuff as time goes on cool, all right um so, so I'm not exposed to a lot of to a lot of uh, local comedy, I think, and 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 I reckon that's because of like a lack of shows uh, put up on television and and like streaming for comedians and and even even advertise even advertisements for 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 people. It's always the same guys that you that you'd see. It's, it's you, you don't get a lot of like shows being shown on the, being advertisers on the television for, for up and comers. It's mostly yeah, the circles so- where, where you gotta know, you know. It's always your, it's always your Goliath and Goliaths and and whatnot out there. Do you think that's something? Do you think that's something that has a chance to change? Because I mean, when you think about it, comedy was really hot back in in essay. It was hot in, in the two thousand sevens, eights, nines with yeah, and with Lois Okola, You know, like yeah. how do you think? What do you think needs to change in order for for up and comers to be able to get the chance to to show themselves? Okay. Okay, first, first of all, like South Africa, the comedy, the comedy industry is not as huge as it is in Europe and in America. So, the focus is on the, on the professionals, and it's even difficult getting there. Like it's, there's so many levels to get there. Like, the comedy is good, but because the industry isn't that big, they only focus on those ones that are good because people want to watch people that are, you know, that they've seen on TV, people they know, they've heard of, but they won't come and watch someone they never heard of, someone who's doing comedy for a year, two years, three years. They don't, they, they want to know you. But like if it's in America or England, they've got TV shows of amateur nights, you know, open mics for comics because the industry is so big there, like they treat comedy like royalty. They treat comedy like it's it's music or poetry. People go there, people want to watch it. 
even if they don't support a comedian, but they do support comedy itself. Like they respect the art a lot. Unlike here in South Africa, it's a bit different. Not that our audiences are a bit skeptical or they lack interest. It's not that. It's just industry is so small that the only way comedy can go forward at the moment or the only way comedy can exist, if I should say that way, is if you know, the focus is on those big guys. Because even like with Trevor Noah, it was the same. If he was, if he's never been on TV before he did his one-man shows, he would have never sold out. So it, mm. it's a lot than just being funny here in South Africa. It's also, you know, being known and if you're able to sell and also just being good at the craft because <clears throat> you can't just do comedy for a year, two years or three years and then boom, you have a one-man show. It, it doesn't work like that. It takes it takes a lot of time just to build five minutes and it could take like years to build 10 minutes or 20 or 30 and probably even a decade to build an hour. And that's like standard in Europe and America. So in South Africa, because you have so little stage time as an amateur, that it, it could take longer than that or it could never happen. It's, it's, it takes a lot of drive and, you know, just determination and, I don't know, you have to be seriously funny and constantly be on the circuit in order to get a job, working, in order to be on TV, in order for agents to approach you. Do you understand? It's not like in America and Europe where you can make a living just by doing comedy on a regular basis. It's not the same. For sure, man. That's that's, that's true. Because I was, I mean, you, you know, like you said, with America and Europe, it's always a, an amateur comedian can have a good few months and then end up with like a a, a comedy show on on Netflix with, exactly. with an arena of like fifteen thousand people. It's an amateur has not really had anything, but like they're right there, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it does look yeah. easy because it looks like we just talk shit all the time. <laughs> But it, it takes a lot of work, you know, like you could you could spend like five months on one joke, just one joke. And it's not even one minute long. It's just like mm-hmm. 30 seconds long. And you're trying to get that punchline. You're trying to let it work out. And you like it can. <laughs> and sometimes it can fail so many times that you give up on it. And you're like, no, maybe this doesn't work. But, you know, it, it's just it's it's a brutal craft to. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, it's it. The job is fun, but you know, starting out, it's 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 a bit difficult. It is, it's challenging. So, so talking about you just mentioned something that I, that I just want to touch on is, um, have you ever had a moment where where you work really hard on a joke and you're like, man, this joke is going to kick ass. I'm going to get such a good laugh. And it doesn't. But then the joke, you're like, ah, this, this is a cool joke. It's an opener. But it probably won't get that many laughs. And the opener gets laughs for days. And then the one that you were looking for just gets a little bit of a, okay, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Like, that happens so much before lockdown. Like, I struggle to keep the crowd laughing throughout my set. 
because then they'll be laughing loud, like roaring with the dumbest joke, which is the opening. And then I would get those <laughs> ones at the end, you know, and you, you can't finish like that. I, I like to finish on a high note, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then if, it, if it ends silently, then it should be silent the whole time. But it shouldn't start with a bang and then, you know, it's it just not like, it's like when you have sex, you don't come within the first few seconds and then just go on. <laughs> you know, you, you have to hold on it as foreplay, as, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So that, it, it really gets to me. It got to me a lot. And I'm still struggling with it, but uh, a lot of times I, I was able to, 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 to get it right, like to get a, a good laugh right through or to get a much bigger laugh at the end. And sometimes mm. I just play around with the jokes. Like the thing is, um, it's like a, like a skill where it's, okay, this is, this is your best joke. You put it at the end because you know it's going to get the biggest laugh. But it's not always the case because sometimes you can put it in the beginning and it can get like no laughs at all, like mm. at all. And that's your best joke, like guaranteed. Or you put it in the middle and it doesn't get a laugh at all. And sometimes even at the end, it will surprise you. You, do not get, you don't get the laugh you wanted. So then at the end, you always have to have a joke. It doesn't necessarily have to be your best joke. But it has to be a joke that defines who you are, like you as a person, mm. not just as an artist or a comedian like you. Nobody can do that joke the mm. way you do. Like nobody's ever said it. Nobody's ever done it. Only you can do it in the whole world. And that's the only way you can finish on a high note and with, with that kind of joke. So not necessarily your best joke but a joke that defines who you are and it never fails at the end. It, it takes a lot of experience to get to that point. But once you get there, you'll never fail at the end. Even if you're bombing right through, <laughs> your last joke will save you because it's who you are. That's good, man. Shit, that's, that's a beautiful, you know, uh, interpretation. And as, as you were saying it, I thought of... Um, I thought of you know Tre Trevor Noah is is a comedian who, who's known yeah. for uh for for being really really fucking good at yeah. impressions. He's really great in impressions. Like True. voices, he's is I, I think he's one of the best. If not, I don't think even I don't think anywhere around the world that I, I know many comedians that can do impressions of of anyone as good as he can. I think that's his signature. You know, yeah, yeah. That's something. He's a South African Eddie Murphy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so now let's let let us uh let's get into into you know into in, into into growing up. You know, you you mentioned where you started with comedy. You know, let's let's, let's get into like the growing up aspect. And you yeah. know, so, so, so South Africa's, you know. In, in terms of in terms of people that are in that are in the arts any sort of arts it's very rare to find a person who's like oh yeah no i come from a super rich family and everything was so great and i just got into comedy while i was sitting at my mansion um 
how did you how how was growing up man and you know the, the origin of the name and and you know and, and all of that as much as you can be comfortable in talking about no problem um so basically i got the name funny thing i know a lot of people when they hear brooklyn they're like oh okay that, that's why i don't use my surname because it creates you know it gives them the, this question like is that your real name like <laughs> Is your real name Brooklyn? <laughs> is it a stage name, a nickname? Like, no, it's really my government name. And funny thing is, it's not even like my mother didn't get it from Brooklyn, New York. She got it from Brooklyn Mall in Pretoria. Like, Brooklyn, <laughs> a mall of all places. And you know, she just drove past while she was pregnant. She, she didn't have a name. So I think she was about eight or nine months pregnant. And uh, they went to church in in Shoshanguve and it drove yeah. past Brooklyn Mall and she, she you know she liked the name Brooklyn she was like oh nice name and yeah that's the, <laughs> that's how she named me that's where the name comes from and, uh, <laughs> by the way I used to get bullied a lot with the name because it's a nice name but you know growing up in a township township people mess up names man like they'll rename your name they don't care who you uh, are yeah they do they do yeah <laughs> they do like they change like brandon becomes brandy chadley becomes chucky jackie chan becomes jackie china they just mess up random up like they don't they don't, they don't mess around in the township and with me they used to copy things like mr brooks brook lux brock lesnar like it's just bad <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brock Lesnar. That one. That one was good. <laughs> but it was fun. But I was a happy child. I was never. I never. I was never. Dark. I was always an extrovert. I think. And yeah. uh, I wouldn't know if you can. I don't know if you can say a child's an extrovert or an introvert. But like, I was a happy child. But in high school, yeah, things changed, and you know, hormones, puberty. It fucks everybody up. For so, sure. yeah, that's when I changed. Yeah, I wasn't as, you know, I wasn't an extrovert anymore. I became introverted and just reserved. And I, I don't know how I found my way into comedy, <laughs> but in person, I'm, I'm, I'm not as, you know, active or exciting as I am on stage or when I'm, you know. As Brooklyn, but like I'm very yeah. chill, just love, I like minding my own business. But uh, yeah, that has to change because <laughs> I'm gonna get into this industry. I have to, you know, mm, networking and stuff, you know. Yeah, net, yeah, not be so socially awkward. Mm. Yeah, but I'm getting it. It's gotten a lot better. Like, um, yeah, it's it's not as bad, but um. I'm working on it, but it's, it's much better now. And being on the road, I have a lot of fun. Even if I bomb, I'm like, ah, you know, at least I got to perform there. And, yeah. you know, I just I just want to perform in as many places as I can around the world. I don't care. Like, and I don't even care where I perform. I'm not worried about that. I don't care about awards and all those things. If I can just, you know, perform on a regular basis, like every day, and if I can make a living out of it, then I don't, I don't care. I don't care about anything else. I'm a, I'm a comedian. So the love of the craft, man. That's, I, I, I think that's, that's it, man. That's it right there. 
Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people get get lost in, in you know the search for, for fame or whatever, and they forget the craft. Yeah. That you gotta love you gotta love what you do if you're gonna do it well. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, there's just um, you know, we we I sort of touched it. I sort of touched on it with you, like in person and and over conversations. But like in terms of uh, in terms of acting and like and like voice work, is is that something that that's on the cards for you future wise? You know, in terms of approach. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Hundred percent. That's 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 why I also wanna be. I mean, I won't drop stand-up comedy. I'm still gonna do it, but mm. acting is definitely, you know, something I would also love to do. The thing is, we I never wanted to act in the first place. I wanted to be a writer director, but mm. then I performed in the, in a concert last year at school here at UJ, and then. Uh, I was busy writing a stage play at home for me and my buddy was coming up with something. By the way, yeah. it's it still never happened. <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was at the, we were at the concert. We Before the concert happened, we had to audition for our parts. And I just wanted to join so that I can find out how it's like doing a, a short stage play, uh, how to direct it and how it's written. So that's all I wanted. But like the only way I could do it was to act in it, and I had to mm. act or dance, and I can't dance. So I'm like, no, let me <laughs> let me act. act. I like acting, and it, it went pretty well. I, I played a pregnant Somali woman, and it was dope. It was you you sh- you can check it on YouTube. It's it's there. It's a Matkawe Men's Residence concert, yeah, or rest concert, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's there, and uh, it went well. Like, and people just told me, "Why don't you consider acting?" And I just, I was like, "Yeah, you know, maybe I should." And from there, I just like, yeah, I just kept on applying, looking for auditions. Never find one though. <laughs> but uh, because of comedy now, uh, I managed to find an agent. So. Two weeks ago, I was signed to an agency. So now, now I'm under an agent, and hopefully, work will come in soon. And I'm pretty sure it will. Yeah. Yeah. No. Agents. I mean, agents need to get you work to get paid. So it's definitely something that's gonna come around. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sure. It's so that's that's yeah. my my future acting and comedy. That's it. That's all I wanna do. <laughs> Oh, man. No, man. it's been really it's been really cool it's been great having you great chatting learned a lot uh about about an industry that i that i don't know a lot about in terms of comedy and i, I think that's i think the people that listen to this are going to feel the same uh so so i know and I, I know you've got handles and stuff man just, just just drop them for the listeners you know where they can find you where they can see you if they want to like, especially locally, if there's you know with local listeners, so they so they can be able to keep up with you, see where you're gonna be performing and whatnot. Yeah, sure, no problem. So on Instagram, you can find me at Brooklyn underscore nine nine Lynn, and on Facebook, uh, you can catch me at Brooklyn nine nine. So yeah, nine nine as in the number ninety nine. Yeah. 
like the show Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, man, great to chat, man. Peace. Thanks for having me, Quentin. No problem.